Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you being a part of the show today. If you're new to Unpacking It, check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can subscribe to our email devotional that we call Unpack This. Uh, And also, I hope you have already subscribed to this podcast. And you'll notice uh, in our feed, we also do a two-minute timeout, which basically takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible, and you can listen to it in two minutes. And so uh, this is the, the longer version of our podcast. And so we've got another great interview for you today. Stick around at the end of the interview. I will let you know what stood out to me the most uh, from the conversation and something that I think all of us can be encouraged by today. But right now, let's jump right in. Our guest today is a basketball Hall of Famer and co-founder and senior vice president of the Orlando Magic. He is a motivational speaker, a cancer survivor, and is the author of over 100 books. He has spent over 50 years in professional baseball and basketball as a player and executive. He is the father of 19 children, including 14 adopted from four nations. Pat Williams is joining us again on Unpacking It to talk about his new book, Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams. Pat, it's always great to have you. How are you? Bryce, I'm fine. Uh, thanks for the invite, and I uh, look forward to our visit. All right. Well, we're, we're glad to talk with you, and, and I, I wanted to, to start our conversation with uh, just hearing your thoughts on, on Billy Graham, because he, he went to heaven this week, and, and just knowing uh, your background and, and history, what, what are your takeaways from, from his life, and, and what impact did he have on you? Well, the enormous impact that he had on the world uh, really is awfully hard to measure. I uh, first came in contact with Dr. Graham. I was a senior at Wake Forest uh, in 1962. He came to speak uh, to our student body uh, in March of 1962. Uh, that's the year that our basketball team went to the Final Four, and uh, Billy Graham was right in the middle of all that. I do remember. Wow. Uh, I did a radio uh, talk show uh, on the campus station, and I did an interview with Dr. Graham. Uh, which was a thrill. Wow. And then later later on, uh, I spoke at two of his crusades, one in Chicago uh, in the early 70s, and oh, years later, one in Syracuse, New York. Mm. And it was just such a, well, it was a thrill to be in his presence. Big, dynamic man. Uh, it, uh, you know, he'd walk into a room and uh, people uh, were just awed by him, but he was just awed by God. Mm. You know, he, he never took any of that seriously. He, uh, he he had a hard time believing that God could use this country preacher like he did. So uh, I've always been a huge admirer, and I, I treasure those few times that I was in his presence. Wow, that, that's great to hear. And, and even with, with all the, the great descriptions and, and characteristics of him, what was maybe the, the, the one characteristic that, that stood out to you the most? Oh, Bryce, it would have to be his humility. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he, he ever uh, viewed himself as this world figure. Uh, you know, he uh, arguably one of the five most recognized people on planet Earth over the last hundred years, but I don't think uh, he ever took that seriously. I think he uh, was just totally in awe that God could use this country boy from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, a farmer's kid. And, and could use him in such a powerful way. It's uh, 
so he never uh, he never inhaled all the uh, all the wonderful tributes and all. You know, he he was here to preach Christ, and he he never failed in that area. Wow. Uh, he, he's a he's a wonderful example uh, to all of us. Uh, and, and no matter how much success we might have, uh, to keep it in perspective, and uh, and know that uh, that God can use all of us in a great way, as long as we keep our priorities straight and don't get all carried away with it. That's right. And and I'll I'll give a plug for your book about humility uh, because I read it, loved it, and uh, and and spoke to what you're describing in, in regards to how Billy Graham lived his life uh, with with humility. Uh, we're talking with Pat Williams here on Unpacking It, and and he's, he's we're going to talk about his new book, Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams. Uh, but recently, it was the the NBA All Star Weekend, and and I, I find it fascinating that in in 1981, you were one of the guys that helped start the the NBA All Star Chapel, and and so all these years later, it's still taking place. And so I'd love to hear about this year's experience, and and really what has the the impact of of this. Uh, chapel been like over the years? Well, for 37 straight years now, if my math is right, uh, on Sunday morning of the All-Star Weekend, we we have a chapel service with a uh, preacher who comes in, music. Uh, the NBA does a wonderful job of coordinating it for us. Uh, this Sunday was no exception. Uh, uh, L.A.-based uh, uh, Pastor Dudley Rutherford was our speaker, and uh, we had a nice turnout, and uh, in fact, the publisher, my publisher, Ravel, uh, provided a free copy of this book that you're talking about, Bryce, oh, great. Uh, to everybody everybody who attended. So it was uh, another one, uh, another very, very nice event. Uh, next year we're in Charlotte. Yeah. And we just keep, we keep right on rolling here. And uh, the Lord keeps opening those doors up for that Sunday uh, All-Star Chapel service. Uh, many people look forward to it, feel it's the highlight of the weekend for them. And uh, as long as uh, the Lord keeps those doors open, we'll keep them through. Oh, that's excellent. Very, very cool to hear because there, there's so many uh, parties, activities going on, but but to hear that the, the chapel is uh, is a part of all of that, that's uh, that's really neat to hear. Well, well, we begin the, the second half of the, the NBA season now that the, the All-Star break is over. Uh, what are you watching for? What are you most intrigued by? We, of course, have the, the story with the Cavs, the Warriors. We'll, we'll see if teams end up tanking and, and what that ends up looking like. But, but what has your attention? Well, I, our attention is local. You know, we finally, it looks like we're going to have a healthy team Yeah, uh, down here in Orlando. We've had all sorts of injuries and never really have put our full team out on the court. But it appears uh, right now that we can do that. So I think we're all very, very curious as to what we might look like as a healthy unit. But you're right, Cleveland has a whole new team after all their trades. and uh, The Warriors are expected to, you know, win another championship, I guess, but we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, but there's going to be some good finishes. Houston right now is just having a terrific season, and uh, we'll see what, how, how all that fits together. But uh, uh, we uh, got the players the rest they wanted. They wanted a little longer break over the all-star game. Well, they've got it. Yep. And now they're, they're geared up for the last, uh, what is the last seven, seven weeks of the season. And, uh, and then on into the playoffs, this is when things really get interesting in basketball. The, uh, college tournaments are coming up. Uh, March Madness is on the horizon. 
And uh, this is a fun time to be a basketball fan. It, it, it sure is. I, I love it. I love the, the, the All-Star weekend, and then it just kind of gets you excited for the second half. And then, of course, uh, yeah, college basketball is right, right heating up. So I'm, I'm fired up uh, right along with you. Well, one, one kind of, I guess, maybe storyline from the, the NBA season and just where the, the players are at with their influence and, and impact uh, they seem to be taking a greater social stance and they're, they're speaking up on, on issues. And I'm just curious from your perspective as someone who has been around the game for so long and, and have seen the, the NBA rise and, and, and you know, are, know some of these players, what, what have you noticed about kind of this, this approach and even the response from the outside world and, and inside basketball uh, with, with players just being more vocal? Well, Bryce, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think that they have some real thoughts on what's going on in society. And uh, uh, many of them are, are, are not reluctant to express that. I think as long as it's done in an, at, in an atmosphere of, of, of trying to help and make a difference in our country, I, I'm all for it. Uh, I don't like just, you know, popping off and making statements that don't have any backbone or background to them. Mm. But uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of our young men. You know, they... Uh, they have a real sense of community. They want to make a difference, uh, not just on the court, but off it as well. So I, I feel good about the state of the NBA right now. It's a worldwide sport. Uh, we've got over 100 players from different countries on rosters this year, uh, and that's, that's continuing to grow. Uh, it's, it's just a miraculous uh, pattern we're seeing with pro basketball and the growth around the world. It's, it's quite staggering to me. It, it, it really is. It seems to be in a healthy place, and, and they're, they're making the most of, of the opportunities that they have to, to speak up. Uh, we're talking with Pat Williams. He's a, a basketball Hall of Famer, and his latest book is called Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams, and it's, it's, your, it's your 105th published book, uh, which, is, which is remarkable. Uh, but, but John Wooden, we, we know he's, he's one of the, the greatest coaches to, to ever coach, and, and we know about some of the, the historic success that, that he had at UCLA and some of those great teams. But why did you choose to write about his summer camps and, and these teams that, that most people don't know about? Well, Bryce, that, that's a part of his life that uh, was a big part of his life, but we, we, we haven't read much about it. But for years, he ran these summer camps uh, in the L.A. area, and they were terrifically successful. Uh, thousands of youngsters would have come through there over time. And uh, we discovered that Coach Wooden was uh, just as involved as he would, would have been coaching a UCLA team. He, uh, he, was, he was there every day, uh, overseeing it, making sure everything was done right, uh, spent time with the children, uh, posed for pictures. It's a beautiful story, really. Uh, uh, and he was a little bit older at that point. You know, most, much of this was uh, towards his uh, post-coaching days, but he loved doing it and insisted uh, on being involved. He didn't want to just trade on his name. And he, he, he was uh, uh, impacting these kids. And, and we got a hold of many of them, Bryce, many of them, who to this day, you know, they're all adults now. They're, I guess some of them are grandfathers. But uh, to this day, they have memories uh, of how those camps impacted their life and impacted what they're doing today. It's a beautiful story, and uh, I think people will enjoy the book. Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams, it's the fourth book. I've been on Coach Wooden. Yeah. Uh, the first one was called How to Be Like Coach Wooden, and then 
second one was uh, just simply called Coach Wooden. And then a couple of years ago, we did a book called Coach Wooden's Greatest Secret. And uh, and then this one is just coming out now. It's called Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams. I, uh, I I doubt we could ever really mine the full depth of this man. Wow. Uh, not only a, not only the legendary coach, but you know, a man of great principles and great wisdom and uh, so much to learn from the life of John Wooden. Wow. Well, and, and there is so much, but, but were there some common threads that, that, that when you talk to these people that, that experienced these camps that they really shared? What were some of the, I don't know, the, the most common things that, that, that bubbled to the surface? Well, uh, always prepared. You know, he was a stickler for preparation. Uh, his camps were run just as he ran his practices. You know, he didn't want anything done carelessly or sloppily. Mm. Uh, so he was on top of that in, 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 with every detail. Uh, he spent time with the kids. Uh, you know, he didn't just show up and then disappear. Uh, he was he was uh, there for them, and he talked to them and uh, did, did photos. And, uh, you know, he's just the kind of guy that he was. Uh, and at that point, he didn't need to be doing all that. Mm. He'd made his mark. but uh, But he wanted to leave an imprint on these people. And, and, uh, Bryce, he always did it in a very understated way. Mm. Uh, Billy, Billy Packer once said he's the most, uh, humble, famous person I've ever met. Wow. Uh, you know, he would be out of the Billy Graham mold. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you were around coach Wooden a lot with all that he accomplished, uh, you never knew it. Mm. You know, he was, he was not a braggart. He was not full of himself. He, he, he didn't run around trumpeting all that he had accomplished. There was a, a, a real humility about him. And uh, I think that's a beautiful quality. Yeah. Uh, when you get around a, a man or a woman of greatness and, and discover that uh, they've got a truly humble spirit, well, there's something, to me, there's something very, very powerful about that. Absolutely. And, and you were able to, to, to have a relationship with him. You consider him a, a friend and a, and a personal mentor, so, so what did that relationship look like? And, and now even as you look back and you, you, you describe just how, how wonderful of a man he was, how, how did he impact your life and, and even specifically your faith? Well, he made you want to be better. I think that's what I noticed. I, I didn't spend a lot of time with Coach Wood until later on in his life. And uh, we would pick him up about 5 o'clock and take him out to dinner and, and then come back to his condo and – you know, he would uh, chat and talk and, you know, reminisce. So it was a beautiful time, beautiful time. But the one thing I noticed whenever you left him, you always wanted to be better. Mm. You didn't want to disappoint him. Uh, you wanted him to be proud of you. Mm. Uh, there are very few people like that, by the way, uh, that when you're in their presence, uh, uh, there's something about them uh, that will make you want to live to your full potential uh, you don't in any way want to disappoint them. Uh, that, that's a rare quality. Uh, but Coach Wooden had that. Mm. And that, that's the one thing I noticed, that uh, it took several days just to come down off the mountaintop. Uh, even though he was an elderly man and quiet, and, you know, he, he was... Uh, uh, but you knew, how, you, knew, you knew the greatness of the man. Uh, you knew what he'd accomplished. Mm. Uh, but you also knew that uh, he walked closely with the Lord. Mm. Uh, God was a big part of his life. He had a, he had a very, very close relationship with his Savior. Mm. That's awesome. Great to hear. Pat Williams is our guest. 
His new book is called Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams. It's his 105th book, uh, his fourth book about John Wooden, and uh, definitely encourage you to, to check that out. Now, now, Pat, you're uh, you're busy writing books, but you've also got quite the the family, and so uh, I know you 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 find your role as grandfather very important. You got 17 grandkids, and and so I, I personally had a, a very strong bond with my grandpa, and, and know the value of of this relationship. So I'm curious to hear what your approach is to being a grandpa, and and, and what role does does your faith play into that that dynamic, and and what is it what does it look like for you? Well, we do have a big family, and now uh, uh, I guess it's safe to say, Bryce, we're enjoying the fruits uh, of that with 17 grandkids. The oldest grandchild is 13, the youngest is one, mm. and uh, we're, we're enjoying them a great deal. They're, they don't all live in the Orlando area, but a bunch of them do, and we see a good bit of them. Uh, I think it gives you a second shot at parenting. Mm. Uh, you know, if you made some mistakes along the way, you got to a little better chance here to rectify it, but uh, we enjoy our time with the grandchildren. Uh, and and if, if you have uh, grandkids, they need you. Uh, they need you to be part of their life. Mm. Uh, they, they need you to be there for them. Uh, they need you to be there as a cheerleader and, you know, an encourager and uh, uh, somebody that uh, they can turn to. So we, we take that role of grandparent uh, very seriously. Uh, it is a big job. It's a big role. And uh, uh, I, 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 my, my wife and I want to do the very, very best job we can as far as grandparenting is concerned. Oh, that's great. No, very, very neat. And to think 17, that, that's a lot to keep up with, but I'm sure it's a, a lot of fun and, and sounds very fruitful and, and rewarding. Well, well, Pat, uh, could talk to you all day and love, love hearing all of your, your stories, but, but we'll, we'll wrap up like we, we normally do. Uh, what has God been teaching you recently? What's he been maybe showing you? What, what's been on your heart most recently? Well, Bryce, we're, uh, I, I guess a good health comes to mind, uh, the importance of prayer. Uh, you know, I, I feel strongly, more, probably more strongly than ever about that, uh, spending time in God's Word. Mm. And by the way, I've just gotten a copy of Chuck Swindoll's new Bible commentary. It's a must read. Oh boy, go go, go get a copy of Charles Swindoll's uh, Bible commentary. You'll, you'll be greatly blessed in your your study of God's Word. Wow! And uh, stay in good shape. Uh, get your rest. Keep reading. Mm. Uh, read good books. Read deeply from good books. That was, Coach Wooden was a reader. Mm. Uh, his his dad had impacted him deeply and. Uh, his dad once said to him, Johnny, I want you to read deeply from good books. Wow. So those are a few thoughts in closing here, Bryce. Oh, that's great. Well, Pat, it's always an honor to uh, to talk with you. Keep, keep up the, the great work, all, the, all that you do, and, and just even the, the important role is as father and grandfather. And so uh, love that you keep writing and, and love that you keep joining us here on Unpacking It. So I appreciate it. Bryce, all the best. Thanks for calling. Always great to have Pat Williams on the show, and he's joined us over the years and always appreciate his insight and, and just his heart and, and the fact that he just continues to do some amazing things uh, later on in his career. I think it's, I think it's pretty sweet that, that he's still as involved as he is in writing and, and with his family and with the, the game of basketball. Uh, he does a lot. So, uh, the, the one big takeaway for us today, 
I think is that word humility. And it was it was neat to hear him talk about Billy Graham and then Coach Wooden. And and you just think about the people that that really are worthy of our respect and admiration. And it's the people that are humble. It, it really is. And you just you, you read through the Bible and you, you read through books uh, from from great people and you look at great leaders, the, the ones that that truly leave a lasting impact on people and and that that personal connection with people at the heart of it is humility it, it really is and and so it's one of those things that I don't think we we think about it enough like in our own lives like are we evaluating the things that we say how we come across to people and do we really know when we're not being humble and and when we when we aren't, do we apologize or do we make adjustments? I, I think it's key, and it, it's not just for uh, people in the spotlight. It's for for everyday people. How, how do we treat the person at the the cash register? How do we treat our waiter? At the core of it is humility. I mean, love, but but humility, uh, because we don't think that we're better than people, and and we meet people right where they are. And I think it's just a great example of being like Jesus. And I just think it's people like people like to be around humble people. And it's hard sometimes, especially when when things are going really well or we've we've done something great and we want everyone to know about it or we just got a, a big deal at work or or whatever it may be and and we come across the wrong way or we try to one up somebody. Uh I don't know, just I I'm challenged by the the desire to be humble and I, I read that book humility by pat williams and it was really good uh, because it just it gets you thinking about some of the people that that really live that way throughout their life and, and continue to do so so hopefully that's encouraging to you today really appreciate you listening to the unpacking it podcast i'm bryce johnson check out our website unpackingit.com and if you want to get in touch with me you can email me bryce at unpackingit.com until next time Let's be sports fans who follow Jesus. Have a great one.